What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, February 13th, 2014. You guys listened to episode 148. Uh, I didn't know if I was going to get one out this week again. Um, it's just been so crazy with these storms, which everybody's complaining about, which I love. Um, and it's really funny because we, this is like, this winter is so hilarious in New York. Um, and apparently it is already the worst winter in New York since 1982. Okay. That's a long time ago. That's before Don Mattingly was on the Yankees. Cause I believe he was, a, I had his rookie card, I believe, or I had his 85 card. I think he was a rookie in 84. So I had the card after that. But anyway, um, yeah, it's. It's been so hilarious how much snow we're getting that we literally got a foot of snow last night into today. Everything was closed. Everything's closed down. And then, you know, just go outside shoveling, which I'm going to talk about all that. But then uh, my neighbor comes over and he's got the plow on the four-wheeler and we were just talking, had a great conversation. My neighbors are, are really cool. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, we got another one coming tonight, another, you know, four to eight inches tonight, you know. So we're literally looking at another six inches of snow after, like, hours after we just got a foot. So it's getting pounded. And you know what? I love it. I love seeing the people complaining about it. I hope it snows every fucking day until March. I don't care. I love it. And I like going out and shoveling. What sucks is that my uh, my driveway is like the fucking runway in Newark Airport. It's just so long. So, uh, but my neighbor does come over and help with the, with the four wheeler, which I got to get cause it's, it's just, just so cool, man. These guys just, you know, just come in and just throw a little plow on his four wheeler and the thing never gets stuck. It's it's insanely powerful and they're just, you know, one, two, three, the, everything is done. So you don't even got to worry about it. So I got to talk to the wife about uh, getting one of those things. Lord knows I'll be on eBay looking for a used one tonight or something. I mean, they're just so cool. But anyway, so uh, got a lot of stuff to talk about. I know, uh, I know this one was late, but again, I had a sick little girl, um, fucking just, yeah, it, it, it's been nuts. I didn't know if I was going to get this one out, but you know what? I have not missed a week of the show in so long and I'm trying to stay consistent with it. And I think that's key, you know, especially like now that I know the show is doing well and like more people are listening, you know, if it was back in the day with like a hundred people, I'd be like, ah, oh, fuck it. They could, but I got a lot of, you know. A lot of listeners that are into it, so just trying to keep it going. So again, if you waited on, uh, you know, Monday and Tuesday to get this or whatever, and, you know, now I apologize. Um, but then again, like somebody else said, don't apologize on your road show. So, whatever. Um, okay, uh, recently performed. We'll get the shows out of the way that I recently did. I had a couple of cool, cool shows uh, over at The Stand. And um, what one thing I love about The Stand, and it's really... It's really rare, and I wanted to make sure that I talked about this because this is like stuff that you heard like about like old school comedy and comedies like Heyday, and it was where you would hear like, oh yeah, man, so and so was in the audience, or so and so was in the crowd, or, or you know, it was, um, you know, a big agent showed up and got and like that, like that's just kind of like fairy tale shit, you know. Um, you hear about more of it in Los Angeles than you hear about it in New York, but. You know, it's it's happening more and more, and the stand for whatever reason. And I'm thankful it's it's, you know, my home club in New York City, or I should say one of them because Stand Up New York is as well. But 
the stand is like everybody, man, and anybody is just shows up there. Like like movie stars are in the crowd, and and agents are in the crowd. Like the other night, Josh Brolin was there, and and um, you know, it's, uh, it's just you just see like just people from oh networks, and uh, you know, New York Times is down there, or a big agent. So I go there the other night, and uh, I hadn't been up in a couple of days, and I felt stale, and I, I wanted to stay fresh, and I wanted to get up on stage. So I go I go down to the stand and I call my, um, I call my manager and I'm like, Hey man, you think I can get me, you know, you could get me some time. Like, yeah, yeah, come down, whatever, you know, we'll, uh, Steve Byrne is, is, you know, running an hour. So, uh, but he's not getting there until like 11. So, you know, come before we'll throw you up. Steve Byrne, if you guys know, Steve Byrne is, um, the star of the sitcom on TBS, Sullivan and Son. And, um, like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. So I go down there and, you know, just like randomly, but um, there's like, well, my agent, I mean, my manager is there. He's sitting with a group of agents from a big time agency. The booker of the room is just sitting in the back. Then Steve Byrne comes in, you know, by himself and he's kind of just sitting there. And it's like this light crowd, but like a quarter of this light crowd is like managers, agents, bookers, you know, uh, Steve Byrne who's about to go on. And I just went on and I just like, I'm doing this thing now where... I'm just trying to experiment with talking about whatever's going on at that moment on stage. Like, I'm not trying to do jokes, or at least right away. It's just something, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, trying to work that muscle of just going up there and just talking. And, um, you know, sometimes it works out great, sometimes not, but, you know, I'm just having fun doing it. And I just, like, these great moments came about, and it was awesome. And my manager was there with these agents, and he was like, man, that was great. And just had a really good time, so... um, I got into it, which is really funny. With it was it was funny how it happened because it was just this innocent thing. But I'm in the middle of a bit, okay, and um, I start going into the bit, and this chick's phone goes off, and it's like making noise. So I was talking about a bird flying in the air, and um, or I was just talking about a bird. And the phone just goes off and it keeps going off and it's ringing and it's ringing. And then I just like was like, oh, look, you know, this joke's got theme music. And I'm like, look, the bird's flying, everybody. And the, and, and I made it kind of funny. But then I was annoyed because it threw off what I was trying to do at that very moment. So I just instinctively, and it was this little Asian chick, and I go, fucking Asians and their phones. And she just fucked, she got so pissed. And she goes, are you serious? And I go, what she goes you're serious and i go yeah i'm serious you're fucking asian and your fuck your phone your phone is out or whatever and she goes and you're going your phone's going off and she goes well don't you have a phone and i go yeah but like it's a joke you know you're asian and technology and she got all upset and i go listen it's not that i go it's a joke it's a comedy club okay i was like if you were some fat fuck named ralph and a meatball flew off your table i would say the same thing and like i totally diffused it right and everybody starts like laughing and i just was like and i go back into my thing and she's just looking at me with this like sour puss on her face and then I said something after that got a big laugh and I saw her smile and I said to her, I go, see, you would have laughed really hard at that if we didn't have that little thing that we just had. But, you know, it's all right. And then that kind of loosened it up and then, you know, <laughs> and then it worked out. But uh, it was interesting. It was really, it was it was fun. And I looked over at Steve Byrne and I go, man, your crowd, you, your fucking crowd doesn't play around, man. They they come out strong. Um that was cool, and then, you know, just doing spots around the city because I'm, um, as I mentioned before, and I'll talk about it more at the end of the show, but um, I'm about to be away, away from my family, away from home for um, 20 days. I'm going to be touring with Bill Burr 
um, in uh, basically every major city in in Canada. You know, we're going everywhere. We're doing every major theater in the country in 20 days, and we're going to be on a bus tour. We're going to be flying together. We're going to be going on trains. So it's going to be pretty um, pretty intense. I'm going to be away, so I'm trying to be as local and uh, as home as much as possible before I do that. So that's what's been going on. That and a whole lot of shoveling, everybody. I got a, I got a big deck in the back off my kitchen, and I was just panicking that it was going to collapse because it was that hard packing snow, and there was like like over a foot no, on like I'm not even might have been like 18 inches because with all the snow accumulation. So all I'm thinking about is, man, we got this nice deck back there. We just moved here not too long ago. I don't want this thing collapsing. That would really suck. So I'm out there and I'm shoveling, and then I think it's like my OCD makes me have to shovel everything. Like or like like the majority like even though I got like the majority of the the weight of the snow off the deck and we're not going to be out there I like try to shovel this shit as if we're having company and we're going to be out on the deck I just keep going like I, I like my wife always laughs and makes fun of me because if I eat sushi and the rice is on the plate I don't like to leave one little grain of rice like I want it all I gotta just I, I guess it's my OCD thing but I gotta clean it out so I did that with the back deck which I guess is a good thing shoveled the path which was long shoveled a lot of the driveway which is huge and then the neighbor came over and he helped out with the plow and uh it's it's really cool man because you know i'm thankful you know thankful about it but at the same time i'm like man i need a plow or i just you know i need this shit to happen right away but he, he was he was to my neighbor my new neighbors are awesome um but i've been spending a lot of time with my family and um, it's been great, you know, uh, my daughter is almost two now, and she's just like, she's just talking so much, and she just gets it, she's so smart, so hanging out with her is just so much fun, and the other night, we all went out as a family to get uh, yogurt, and it was just so much fun, and I'm like trying to do all of this before I go away, because, you know, I like I said last time on the show, I was away, um, we, you know, I was down south last year touring a bunch of places, doing Atlanta, doing, you know, Carolina, all that stuff. And I was away for um, 10 days and then finally flew home from Miami after 10 days. And I missed, you know, I missed everybody, the kids terribly. And, you know, and then now it's going to be 20. So, you know, got to just, you know, figure out a way to, you know, I got to Skype and got to FaceTime and you got to do all this shit. I mean, that's the one thing that the social media like now allows you to do instead of just emails or calling on the phone. So I'm going to try to do something. I even want them to come out. I want some, you know, maybe them to come out to Toronto or Montreal when we're out there for a little bit just to be with them because, you know, 20 days without your family is, is tough. You know, that's just something that I, I don't know if I'm prepared. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, but we'll make it work getting you know getting you know more than and so many people are like oh that's amazing and you know more you know it could be great money whatever it's for me it's just like getting in front of 19 or 20 packed theaters of thousands of people man and then you know coming home and uh, then after that i'm gonna come home and i'm gonna record my album i will announce when and where the album my uh, album taping will be i'm really really excited to put out uh, my first my first album this year that's going to be out there forever, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, my first thing that, that, you know, stays out there forever, so I'm just obviously still piecing it together, putting it together now, but, um, going to do that, and I'm, I'm thinking about, 
getting a what do I want to do here? Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna as going back to the thing with the uh, album, I'm gonna uh, announce that where that's gonna be. It's looking like it might be in Red Bank, New Jersey. And I know, I know, I sound, I feel like a hypocrite. I always shit on Jersey, but this place is this place. I don't know. It's just one of these places that I just feel so comfortable. That and um, Southern Connecticut State University. I love that room. Oh, it's one of the. I don't know what it is, but and it's these places both have similar feels. But all right, well, I'm gonna get into something right now. I'm gonna just go off the subject. Glad to be back. Glad to hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, glad you guys are back listening again. Uh, I know this is a late one. I'm sorry about it. Um, but I got a lot of stuff to talk about on the show. We got, uh, you know, uh, sports wise, we got you know Michael Sam, you know, before the NFL draft coming out saying he's gay. I got, I got my opinions. Going to talk about that. Derek Jeter announces his retirement. That's that's a big deal everywhere because I mean that's Derek Jeter. Um, what else, you know, the, the Olympics is going on. So a lot of stuff to talk about with sports. We're going to definitely get to that. Um, got some stuff with movies. Didn't see a new movie, but I'm definitely going to talk about movies because of, uh, you know, there's a theme that I will have with the movies then we'll get into some plugs. Got an unacceptable for the week. So, uh, we're back everybody. I got my diet uh, iced tea here. And, um, here we go, but there's one thing I got to talk about, and I noticed that this is going to sound like a joke, but I have a problem. Now, it has nothing to do with alcohol, it has nothing to do with drugs, thank God. Um, although I have not had a drink since January 11th, and I'm going to try to go until March 1st. So, that would be, yeah, it's going to be almost almost 60 days, 50-something days, and I'm not even going to go crazy when I do drink again. I just wanted to get my liver back. I wanted to get, you know, my shit together, lose a little bit of weight, and do all that stuff. But my problem, and it, I, I'm not even joking around when I tell you this. You guys are going to be like, get the fuck out of here. I swear to God, I was thinking about even trying to find, like, like, um, like meetings for this, but it's candy. I can't stop with, I can't stop eating candy. Like, I want gummy bears all the time. I want jelly beans all the time. I want starbursts. We have this big bag of candy in the house, and it's just a shitload of M&M's, Twix bars, and Snickers bars. And after almost every meal, I'm like sneaking in these Twix bars, and it's killing me. Because I'm doing so good. Everyone's like, oh, dude, I can see it in your face. You're losing a lot of weight. I'm losing a ton of weight. I'm I'm eating okay. I'm not really snacking on bad stuff at night. It's just the only thing is I'm just sneaking in these little candies. I, I, you know, I just, oh, my God. It's, it's like I said before, like Johnny Sack's wife in fucking Sopranos when she had the box of, like, candy bars. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm looking. I am literally in grocery stores, like, begging these people. I'm like, you got a sugar-free section? I just want to shovel in sugar-free. How fucking crazy would that be if I went to like a, like a Candy Eaters Anonymous? Where I was just like, yeah, I need Starburst, man. My last Starburst was two days ago. I fuck, I love the red ones, you know, the red ones, the pink ones and the yellow ones together. I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking about a yellow Starburst as I'm talking right now. And my mouth is watering. I want a fucking Starburst. That's how, the Starburst are the shit. And this runs in my family. Like my son wants, I love candy. When I was little, my grandmother's house in Yonkers, she lived right around the corner from a, from a candy store over in that Dunwoody area right by the church there on, uh, off of Yonkers Avenue. 
Some of you people know what I'm talking about. And I'd go in there and you could play video games. It was one of those just old school. Remember like it was like they had like one or two video games in the back and kids would like line up to play it. You got you went in there, you got your mad magazine, you got your candy, you'd play video games, try to get the high score. And you just and right next to that was a slice of pizza and Italian ice. So you would do the whole thing. You would play your game, you would get your, your Italian ice, you'd go get your, you know, slice of pizza or whichever order you did it in. You walk around, you're home. It was just great. And I just candy is still that thing to me. And I'm gonna be going on a tour in Canada and I think what I'm gonna have to do is I think I'm gonna have to I think I'm gonna have to bring a bunch of uh, sugar free, sugar free gummy bears and candy and all that stuff and just because um, I, I need them, I, I need it. I don't know what to do. Like I know I could I should do a sketch where I'm just like I I need you got you guys like I I don't even know what level I would go to for like if somebody called me up and it was like yeah man I got like the best brand of sugar free gummy bears on the planet I would I would like have it shipped to me like a fucking smuggler. I would just, you know, <laughs> tape it to my thighs when I'm flying somewhere. Even though it's not illegal, I would just be so fucking happy and excited that I would think it or act as if it was. I don't know what it is about candy with me. And I'm like brushing and flossing all the time so it doesn't fuck up my teeth. And it's bound to mess up my teeth. But I told you guys about this a long time ago. I talked about candy on the podcast, and now I don't know if it's because I'm not drinking. I'm not really, you know, I cut back on the cigars. I'm th- I don't know what it is, but I'm just like, I, I can't. It, put, put it this way. If you put a pack of Starbursts in front of me right now, the chances that the entire package is not eaten is 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 under 5%. And the thing about Starburst is they're so delicious, but the wrapper, you know, the way they're wrapped tight, they're already in the long yellow and red, like, full wrapper. But then when you open them, they're individually wrapped, and they're, like, sealed with that wax paper, and they're so good, like, you're, like, fumbling around trying to rip it open, because it's, like, you know, the way it's got, like, the little envelope, they're, like, like it's got, like, the, the triangle envelope wrappings, and, like, you're just, like, I'm trying to get my nail under there, like, I'm opening, like, a crackhead, like, if I don't get it in my... You know, I'm rubbing it on my finger. I'm rubbing it on my gums. Addicted to this shit. I need help. <clears throat> I want to look that up. Like, it's not, it's not other things either. It's just candy. And it's not even things with sugar. It's not even necessarily sweets. It's candy. Oh, my God. I just want to dunk my head in a bucket of, like, soft, gummy stuff and just come up with a mouthful and just, you know, just get, go into, like, a... A sugar rush and get to the hospital. Like I almost want to OD on it and just so it gets sick. You ever eat something so much you get sick of it you don't want it anymore? That's what I want to do with candy. Just eat like a pound and a half of fucking gummy bears and Starburst and just be puking like red and yellow and orange shit that smells delicious all all night and just get sick. Get it out of my system. Um, enough of the candy talk. I'm sorry. It's just it's it's hard. Everybody, it's fine. It's, I don't know what to say. Imagine if like how people, how people, how mad real addicts would get, you know, it's like that scene in, uh, in Half-Baked where he's like, yeah, you know, I've been smoking marijuana, like marijuana, you ever suck dick for coke, Bob, Bob Saget said, you ever suck dick for coke, um, all right, so anyway, let's get into this here, okay, um, 
All right, we can talk about movies. We'll talk about movies now. What I don't know what to make of everything being like remake, like to the point where <clears throat> I'm kind of conflicted. All right, this was something where I was like, yeah, you know, I've talked about you know get your own original ideas, okay, and forget the past. The past is the past. Let that. But at the same time, there's a flip side to that argument where it's like, okay. But now with the technology now, with what they can do now, okay, with all of the, just the features that are, are now available through, you know, cameras and, you know, effects and 3D and even sound and all that stuff that, that is available now um, to these to these filmmakers, it's like if you do have an amazing screenplay or an idea, if you could make it that much better, maybe you kind of do owe it to the public to be like, oh, what? no, 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 if you like that, watch this. And from that standpoint, I get it. You know, because, you know, I mean, like, for example, like RoboCop, I haven't seen it. I'm going to see it. But maybe with the way, like with the action sequences, it could be that much sicker. And, and who knows, you know, because I think a lot of those ideas were good, but just seeing the, the, the special effects were primitive. It was just, it wasn't there. So now it's like, oh, mind blown. So I get it from that. I get it from that standpoint. But like, I mean, I mean, this one is hilarious. They're making another child's play, Chucky. And, and, and here's as crazy as this sounds and as stupid as it's probably going to be. I got to see it. I got to see it because it's one of those childhood things. One of the worst things I ever did, and it's a it's a regret that I have to this day. It's a few things. Anybody that says they don't have regrets is full of shit, by the way. You know, these people, no, no regrets. No, I, I have regrets. Okay, I, I have regrets. I definitely have regrets. But, you know, not huge ones, but this one is one where my wife now, God bless her. She's, she, actually, she's been really sick. The whole fucking house has been sick. It's been crazy. But my wife hates horror movies. Did not tell me that when we were dating. And we were, you know, things were great. We were dating. We, we were on the same page. Everything is good. And because I grew up always having the argument with the friends, you know, Freddy versus Jason. And that movie came out. I took this girl to see that awful movie. <laughs> that awful movie. And to this day, I apologize to her. Anytime I think about it or remember it, I'm like, I can't believe. A, you sat through that knowing that you hate it just for me. Which makes it worse, but the fact that I would th- would think to take you, who is now my wife, when we were dating, instead of going to see some great film, I took you to see Freddy versus Jason. It's so f- in fucking embarrassing. You know, I remember one time, like Valentine's Day, when I was like thirteen or fourteen, I took my girlfriend to like the Jerky Boys movie. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're gonna. it's going to be a great day. We're going to go see the Jerky Boys movie in the sh- god-awful shithole theater. The sad thing is the Baltimore theater that I went to to see um, Lone Survivor was like the same as the theater that I saw the Jerky Boys in when I was 13 or 14 years old. It was absolutely just awful. But Child's Play was... And you know what? If you think about it, you know, I might lose some of you people here with this, but Child's Play was like kind of like, a, I guess, a decent idea that like this guy's soul goes into a doll. I mean, I guess, you know, horror-wise, it's not the worst thing. But the funniest thing was when Chucky first, when the mother first started to realize that it was the doll, you know, because the little kid was like, no, Chucky did it. And she's like, Andy, you got to stop lying and all this stuff. But then like the doll was in a different place. 
But when the doll first comes to life and tries to kill the, the mother, he's like, you dirty bitch, you filthy slut, teach you to fuck with me. And it's this little doll in a rainbow sweater. I was just laughing my ass off, but I'm going to see the new Chucky. I'm going to see the remake of Child's Play. I have to, I have to do it. I don't know if I'm going to do it in a theater. That one I might wait for like DVD or like when it's on demand and I'm in the mood for Because there is goofy mood, like movie mood days that you get. You definitely do. You know, or like even bad movies. You ever sit and enjoy a bad movie? You're like this is so stupid. It, it, it could be some just awful movie with like B actors, but you just kind of just get into it and you go with it. You know, there are some movies that are just so silly and bad. You're like, all right, this is not, this isn't even that bad because it's so bad. It's really shitty movies. I'm trying to think of, you know, I want to do a top 10 shitty good movie list one of these times. You know, we're going to do that next time. Let me know, guys, movies. Um, get me on Facebook or Twitter. Okay, and just write me and let me know what movie is just shitty, but like, but kind of good. You know, like one movie that comes to mind now. Well, I was a little kid. This doesn't count, but Adventures in Babysitting with Elizabeth Shue. It was just, you know, you watch it now. It's like really kind of seems simple and easy. But then again, it's like, you'll, you'll, I'll sit and watch that movie. I will definitely sit and watch it. You know, it's just, I don't know what it is. But you, you, it's just weird. Just sit and you watch these movies and you're like, this, this wasn't good. This was awful. But there's just something about it that, that I don't know if, if it's like a psychological thing because like, you know what I think it might be? I actually think it might be because you were, I think that those movies that aren't good that you enjoy is kind of like a flashback to you were mentally in a good place when it came out. Or when it was around, and so now when you see it, it's just familiar and shit. I, I that's what I'm kind of thinking. Cause you're like, yeah, no, like you'll like, you'll like something. I'll tell you what movie I love. I love, I loved Young Guns, that western. But now you look at it, it's not the greatest thing. But I just loved it. Emilio Estevez was the man back then. Trying to think what else. But let me know. You guys let me know like what movies you're like you could just watch all the time, even if it's not good, and I'll talk about it. We'll talk about that, do a little bit of a list and all that stuff. So um that'll be fun. And we can uh, definitely do that because they're out there. Those movies are out there. I mean, come on, that's a cable lives on that. You know, if, if everything was great on cable, I mean everything sucks on cable, but you're like it's almost like what you could put up with. The only time I'm like, you, you got to be disappointed when a movie really sucks is if you're excited to go see it. You spent twelve fifty or $1,600. I mean, $1,600. That'd be fucking ridiculous. You spent $1,600 on a movie. You better fucking come out with a massage, a BJ, a steak dinner, a new pair of sneakers, and like, you know, a fucking something. You know, like a little fucking motorcycle to leave like, you know, $1,600. Um, no, but you spent like... Like, uh, that sounds pretty good, though, doesn't it? Imagine if they had, like, a $1,500 deal where, like, you go to a movie, you get, like, <laughs> you get a massage, they're rubbing your feet, they're feeding you grapes and popcorn and shit, you go out. Um, no, but the worst feeling for a movie is when you, um, you know, you spend that big money, anywhere from 12 50 to $17 for the IMAX, 
and or now I think IMAX 3D is like 2150 something ridiculous and you walk out completely disappointed and that was I mean the perfect example of that for me was was Man of Steel uh, I was real disappointed and I know a lot of people disagree with this but I was insanely disappointed with um what's it called um the Batman was it yeah Dark Knight Rises with Bane that fucking stunk to me bunch of assholes running around the sewers nobody knows it the cops don't know it you know the football field blowing up the guy jumping get the fuck out of here it's just stupid you know you put on a mask and you have like a weird voice and you expect me to you're gonna follow up the dark knight heath ledger's performance and you're gonna follow it up with that bullshit give me a break stunk man of steel stunk bunch of bullshit jumping through buildings all night you know, face in the dirt, stupid shit. Give me a story, you know? Lone Survivor, Wolf of Wall Street, real shit. I like that. I'm starting to like real true shit that they do. And I got to tell you, the more I think about Wolf of Wall Street, the more I want to do blow and I love the movie. <laughs> no, that movie was the best. That You know why it was the best? Because, it. listen, yes, it had, like, I've talked about it, I reviewed it. But the thing about Wolf of Wall Street is, Wolf of Wall Street was just entertaining because scenes that weren't really big and thrilling, the acting was there. Then you had scenes that blow your mind with the drugs. Then you got the scenes that show what this guy was doing like sexually. Then you got the scenes about the business when he was selling stuff. You know, then you have the legal aspect of it and the FBI. Come. It's like everything was like great. I love that shit, you know, and and I I think that these superhero movies that they just keep making... If you notice, all the ones that don't do great are the ones where they just try to blow shit up, fly around like crazy, you know, all these big things, and and it just falls short. But the ones with an actual story that feel like a movie where the character happens to be a superhero, hence Dark Knight was a perfect example of that, they're great, you know, but it was just, I don't know, it just, I don't know. Some of those movies, when you when you spend you know big money on a movie, you should get big money on a movie. You should get. Um, oh my God! What am I kidding? I did see a movie. I did see a movie, and I had such a great time with it. I'm just thinking, since it wasn't an adult movie, I'm not thinking about it. But I did see a movie. I took my son to see Lego Movie. So let me review that. Holy shit! I can't even believe. And that was an amazing. That was amazing time with my son, but um, yeah. For example, I go in to Lego Movie with no expectations. As a matter of fact, when I saw the coming attractions, I thought it was going to be fucking god awful. Awesome movie, great story, a lot of fun, insanely clever, very funny. I liked the whole thing. It was awesome. It was awesome, and you know, even had a great twist ending to it if you could believe that, had a great twist ending to it that like, you know, my son was so kind of into, but it was really cool. We were driving home and normally, you know, you see a movie with, um, I can't believe I almost, I didn't fuck it. Wow, man. I've been shoveling. I've been fucking going to doctors. I gotta, anyway. Um, yeah. So the, (laughs) the, excuse me one second. I'm sipping this, uh, sipping this iced tea and then I'll, I'll tell you. All right. So, you know, when you go to a movie with your friend, or, you know, just, you know, 
somebody that you go to the movies with a lot or you talk to about movies a lot, you have discussions about scenes and you talk about the acting and you talk about it and sometimes you don't understand things. You know, like you just, you don't understand things or you missed something and then you sit down afterwards and you have a great discussion about it. It was really cool for the first time I had that with my son because we saw a Lego movie and, um, you know, we did the whole thing. Like I do it up with my son, like we got the candy, you know, we got the, we got the candy, we got the, the drinks, we, we were sitting next to, we, he was sitting on my lap and sitting next to me, sitting on my lap, sitting next, you know, we're talking and stuff, but it, it was just great. Took him to a late movie and, and it was a little flurry of snow. Which was scary because I almost hydroplaned into an intersection and that was scary. But, you know, I said to my wife, I was like, it was um, last Sunday night and I said, let me, let me take him. It was, you know, le- you know, le- let me take him. I know it's late and I know that he probably shouldn't do this bedtime wise, but it's not too late. It's seven, it's a seven thirty movie. We'll be home by nine thirty, ten o'clock, but let me do it. And, you know, she was cool. So we went out and we saw it and it was the first time that I had that discussion about the movie with my son who's going to, you know a few months from five years old, and he was just like, Dad, Dad, at the end, I didn't, I was a little confused, like, what did that mean? And I told him what it meant, and he was like, oh, like, and it was just really cool to see that he's getting older and mature, but I gotta tell you, Lego Movie, clever, funny, and uh, it kind of all comes together in the end, so sometimes you're watching it, and you're going, all right, that was kind of funny, or the dialogue, this and that, and then at the end, and Will Farrell's voice is the bad guy in it, but then at the end, it all kind of comes together, and I was like, wow, that was pretty, you know, it, it definitely um, exceeded my expectations, and it was just a good time. My son was into it. It was fun, and, and you know, and that's all you could ask for. You know, I walked out of that feeling better than I did it with, with Man of Steel, because there's nothing worse than that, you know. There's no, I mean, I went into a movie called Lego Movie, all right? I mean, listen, it, it, it's, it is what it is, but it was like a pleasant surprise. And then they put all this money into, you know, these superhero movies because that's that's what people are going to, man. Now Captain America's coming out. They're going to do one with the Hulk. They're going to do now. They're doing what Batman? They're doing another Batman with Ben Affleck. It's just it's just because people are just going to keep going, and it just you know it shows you that that Hollywood just wants to do that. You know, Hollywood's just going to they'll make money. They, they like they look at it like you know the public we're sheep. Okay, all you got to do is say the name Batman, and we're just, bah, bah, we're all going to fucking go to it. We're just going to fucking go. That's it. You know, bah, let's let's get online. Yeah, let's go. Oh, Batman, let's go. Oh, Superman, come on, get it. Let's let's go and see. Oh, the Hulk, we're going to make him big and strong and yell, smash and punch shit. Let's go see that. We're fucking idiots. That's what it is. We're stupid. We're going to go to it. That's what Hollywood studios do. They're like, all right, yeah, we're going to get this big thing. There's going to be a bunch of explosions. All right, coming attraction. It'll be a helicopter falling down, blowing up. You know, we'll show fucking Hulk's face, like, screaming, and people are coming. It's not It's not about a story. Dark Knight, sick story. That's the, that's the difference. So, you know. But I'll see Chucky. <laughs> I'll see Chucky because I know going in what it is, okay? It's an angry killer doll, and there's better special effects now, so I want to see the difference of when they did it in the 80s. I know what I'm getting, and I know it's going to probably be god-awful, but I got to see the doll kill. And I don't know if you guys saw the posting that I put on Facebook, but there was a posting where they were scaring people where 
people would sit at a bus stop and they had the glass thing enclosed with the Chucky poster and like lights would start to flicker and the people sitting next to the bus would look and out of nowhere, this like Chucky doll who obviously had a real person in the costume breaks through the glass and starts chasing the people at the bus stop with a knife and it's hilarious. You got to look at it. It's really funny. But I did see a movie. I saw I saw a Lego movie. And uh, oh my God, it is pouring snow right now. Lightning and thundering while I am doing this podcast. It is insanely bad outside right now. Um, all right, so let's get into some sports here. Uh, you know what? I'll do unacceptable for the week and then I'll get into sports. Unacceptable for the week, everybody. On episode 148. I took my daughter to the doctor. She needed a follow-up checkup. My, my poor little girl had like a double ear infection, which she never complained about. She wasn't doing good. She was sick. She was stuffy. She was coughing. She was a mess. We, we, we took her to the doctor. We got the medicine, and we had a follow-up. Unacceptable for the week is how disorganized the doctor's office was and how long I had to wait to go in. She had like a 350 doctor's appointment. I didn't get in the fucking room with the doctor until after 4.30. Unacceptable. Okay, got little kids running around with all these toys. And that's another thing that I don't like in the doctor's office. Okay, they got all these, so all these fucking snot-nosed, sick kids, contaminated kids, germs on their hands and shit, they're running around, they're playing with those little, little, you know, those little wooden beads that go up and down the roller coaster, little rail, they're touching that shit, they got like these dinosaurs, these plastic dinosaurs, they're running around, they're throwing stuff, they're touching each other. God knows what germs these kids are holding. They're running around. The parents are just kind of looking at each other with the stupid nod, and they're like, they're like, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> boys will be boys. The girls will, be, you know, they're gonna annoy the boys. <laughs> All this stupid bullshit. I don't know why I just turned into Jerry Seinfeld right there. Boys will be boys. Um, so I'm, we're, I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm just looking at the clock, and then all of a sudden, people that were after us sitting in the waiting room. They go up. They're they're going up, like they're like us. Andrew, we're ready for Andrew. And then like you know, this kid and his parents get up, and I'm like, yeah, well, you know what? We were here before fucking Andrew and and Jared and Jacob and all these little asshole kids. We were here first, all right. So finally, I get up. My little girl's running around, playing with toys. She doesn't care whether she's sick, not. She doesn't care about germs. Are you kidding me? She's throwing books around. She would, and she was doing the funniest thing. She'd run around the waiting room all around in circles, look at me, jump up on the seat next to me, sit next to me like calmly and nice for literally three Mississippis, r- turn around, roll off the, the, the chair, and go running around. This old guy sitting there was just watching her laughing. And it was funny. It was cute. It was great. But like after a while, I was like, this is, un- this is ridiculous. Okay, what if my little girl was really sick right now, screaming, crying? Okay? And you're going to find out why this is unacceptable, okay? Because I know that there's long waits. So you guys are probably saying, you know, well, Paul, you know, that happened. So, you know, that that's not really an unacceptable. Wait till you hear why it's unacceptable. And it is unacceptable, okay? So I get up and I go to the doctor. I go to the, I go to the um, you know, the secretary up there and I go, um, yeah, I got a quick question. Um, I don't mean to be, you know, but like, 
people were here after after us and they just come in and like we've been waiting here a long time you know, oh well there's a lot of different doctors here i'm sorry who's your doctor is it dr lauren yeah dr lauren's behind today and i wanted to be like yeah no fuck i know doctor she's really fucking behind. i get that we understand that she's behind today okay there's not there's, the confusion isn't whether dr lauren's behind today the confusion is how behind today is she and why is she so behind for this quick ass checkup but don't tell me to come at three you know these doctor's offices should call you up like you got to call when you're going to be late right you got to call the doctor's office if you, if if you got a if you got a 350 and you can't be there till you know 10 after 4 you're going to call up and say oh I'm really running late. Oh okay then you might be screwed fine. How about you call up, hey listen, you just want to let you know I know you have a 350 you might want to get here, you know, if you're around town, you may want to go, you know, an extra 20 minutes. You know, they don't give a fuck. Unacceptable. I'm waiting there my little girl's running around touching all these, you know, sick little toys that are going to get her sick and, and shit with, with these strange kids. I'm sitting there you know, I, and I don't want to be that jerk pair. I'm looking at Twitter and shit. I don't want to do that. I want to, you know, be attentive and, you know, watch or play with my little girl. But it, so much time goes on. Okay. And here's what's unacceptable about it, everybody. All they needed to do was look in my daughter's ears. That's it. We walked in there. And then here's another thing that happened. We go into the doctor's office. We're sitting there waiting, you know, when the nurse comes in. You know, and the nurse comes in. I mean, I mean, listen, I, I understand, but the nurse is stealing money. Let's be honest. I mean, the, the nurses are stealing money in the in the pediatrics, like not in the hospital. But if like you're a nurse who just takes a file and goes, okay, what are we doing today? Okay, can we just sit her up here. All right, she weighs this much. I mean, you could fight, you could teach a chimp to do that fucking job. Seriously, like you could. I mean, we go into this thing, and I'm sorry. I know I'm being rude. I'm sorry if you're a nurse. I, I was pissed off, okay? Because a lot of time I had to go get my son at five o'clock. Time's going by. I'm like, I got here at three fifty. There's a chance I'm not going to be out of here at five o'clock. An hour and ten minutes. You know what I mean? So now, and listen, the people there are very nice, but the operation it it, it was amateur hour. It was absolute amateur hour. It was unacceptable. So. They go, okay, all right, yeah, we're just going to check her ears. So now I'm sitting there and I'm going, oh, my God, are you kidding me? I thought my little girl was going to get shots and this was going to be a big deal. Now, I can't stand when my kids get shots, okay? I'm worse at it than my wife is. And I think my wife, you know, forgot about the appointment or got the appointment during the week because she didn't want to deal with it because I don't want to deal with my I don't want to deal with my daughter getting shots. Because we had a horrifying thing when my daughter got two shots in front of my son. My son freaked out. He was like traumatized. And he's like, I don't want her to have shots. I shouldn't have let, like, I didn't know. You know, I, I was just like, yeah, give her the shots. Like, I'm with my son. What am I going to do? Tell my son to go outside. That that would be weird. Yeah, go wait outside. And then you're going to hear screaming and then come back in. So I didn't know what to do. But he saw the shots. Okay. So we're sitting there. And, um,. I'm like, oh man, I might as well let her play, and you know, just have her have let her have a good time now, even though this takes long and this sucks. Let her have a good time now. She's gonna get shots. So, um, doctor walks in, and goes, oh, what are we doing here today? And I go, I don't know. I think is she getting a shot or she? No, no, oh no, no. We're just gonna check her ears. Doctor comes in. Sorry about the wait. Yeah, sorry about the wait. Okay, no problem. Yeah, I was just looking at her ears. Okay, we looked at her ears. Anything else? All right, we don't have to see her till April. And I'm saying to myself, are you shitting me? You could have walked out into the damn waiting room with that machine and looked in her ears and said, well, the left one is still bad. The right one's a little bad. Go get some meds. Continue to med-. You mean to tell me I waited here this long? I got my daughter running around this waiting room with toys in her hand. Like, it's the last time she's ever going to play. I got other sick kids around. I got parents looking at me. I'm looking at them. It's an awkward situation. For a five-minute 
a, a two-minute look in the ears. That's what I'm waiting on. That's what you had me waiting on. It's unacceptable. It is. It's unacceptable. I'm in a doctor's office. My kid could have came home sick, got better, and then went there, and some little dickhead named Jay, Jared or whatever the fuck his name is could have had the flu, get my little girl sick again because I'm waiting in the waiting room with these sick kids because you can't get your shit together? What is this, the DMV? It's a pediatrician's office. Are you kidding me? Unacceptable. You fucking three lollipops in there. Oh, you want a sticker? Sticker. I swear to God, they looked in her ear and her other ear. And she's sweet. This is not the doctor's fault. Everything else, it, it was like, call me, man. Call me. I'll take my kid to eat something around the corner. I'm going to sit there. I'm not calling anymore. I'm not calling. I'm not even bullshit. I'm not calling. If I'm going to be, as a matter of fact, I might be late out of spite. I'm going to go late and if they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, so I, yeah, I was running behind. I was running behind. How about that? It's bullshit, man. It's bullshit. It's just, it, it, it's unacceptable. To have a one a, a, a little girl that's not even two years old sitting there waiting. I don't know. I, that bothered that that bothered me. And then here's another thing that's unacceptable. I talked to the doctor and the doctor says, "Oh well, I don't think we have to see your daughter until April, which should be or or let's hopefully we don't have to see her till April." So I'm like, "Oh great." So she goes, "Do you have um? Do you have uh, plans or do you know or do you want to book it out now? Because we do book out because it takes a while." So she's like, you could do that right out the desk when you walk out of here. So I go, I'll do that. And I'm not even kidding you. When I walked out, and these doctors have always been good to us, but lately it's been really slow and not working and it's unacceptable. I walked out and the two nurses were looking at a computer and one was saying, oh, yeah, you see the problem here is um, this. And I'm just standing there and I'm holding my daughter and my daughter's ready to get out of there. All right, I got to, you know, my daughter's like squealing in my arms here to get out of here. And I'm like, okay, like I was like saying things to get someone's attention, like, all right, or uh, hey, hey, and they're just not paying attention. And I wanted to go, I'm getting angry thinking about that. I, I swear to God, as I'm thinking about this right now, I'm getting angry. I wish I could go back in time and go, excuse me, hello, hello, wake up. Yeah, you dumb bitches behind the counter, not fucking paying attention to your patients. Yeah, yeah, the guy that waited over a fucking hour in there. Yeah, that you said sorry to. Now I just need to do something real quick, and there's nobody here, and you still can't do it. Unacceptable. Wake up, airhead. Wake up, okay? Stop chewing your gum and, and, and going through the motions of the same shit you do all day. It's not my fault you work here. You're fucking annoyed. And I'm probably being hard on her, but good. So you know what I did? I didn't even fucking book it. I walked out. I'm holding my daughter sitting there going, hey, hello, hey, hello, right there. They were a foot away from me, not paying attention. So I just go, you know what? I walked out, not waiting, unacceptable, unacceptable. I'm so pissed off. I want to call him. I want to call him after doing this podcast. But I just want to let you know something. Not only did I wait, but I didn't get paid attention to. Ridiculous. Absolutely Ridiculous. I got to put this thing on pause for one second. You all know the difference. All right, guys, I'm back here. Um, if you really want to know, that was probably about a two and a half minute pause. And uh, now I'm back. But anyway, yes, yeah, so that, that, that doctor's appointment was unacceptable. And I love, and I don't know if it's because I have children now. I don't know if it's, you know, again, if it's because I'm getting a little older but I love calling people out on their shit now. You know, I don't know if you just, you get to a point where it's like, I'm not going to just sit here and take this bullshit and let you 
do your job or or the lack there of your job you not doing things properly and me just taking it thinking oh well she sucks at what you know like people need to be called out on shit and when I did call them out, they were very apologetic and they got it. But then leaving, I couldn't even schedule an appointment because they weren't paying attention. Someone's standing in front of you with a baby, man. Like that's what I, like people don't understand. Like you should know better than anybody. You're, you're, you're a little kid's doctor's office. I'm holding a, a, a little girl that's 20, 21 months old. Like what are you doing? Wake up. And I had to go through all this shit so you could look in a tube in her ear. You should have called me up and be like, hey, look, we just got to look in her ears. So how about this? Go to the store, get a magnifying glass for ears, look in, tell us what you see. If you see fluid, if you see anything. I could have done this shit and gotten that, gotten that pay, gotten a paycheck from a fucking insurance company. Unacceptable. Got to watch my daughter play with some used fucking dinosaur doll that, you know, some little prick with fucking monos got. All right, well, that's it for unacceptable. Okay, sports, everybody. We got a bit. I don't know why lately the unacceptables. I'm getting more and more upset with them. I think because I'm doing ones that are really hitting home with me. I like ones that are really my life right now, and I, that's kind of something that I'm doing on stage where I'm just I'm I'm trying to literally talk about everything that's really going on in such an honest way, and it gets me, it gets me upset. And you people without children will completely understand what I'm talking about. And I know you people with children do know what I'm talking about when you're sitting in a waiting room at any establishment, whether it be a doctor's office, whether it would be at a car dealership when they're doing an oil change, whether it would be, um, you know, anywhere that you have to go for an appointment, an appointment for yourself and your kids are there. You people like you, like you could tell who's sensitive to that you have kids and tries to do the right thing and the people come out or here's some crayons and here's a this and here's a that and I know the flip side to this as well don't bring your kids or, or, or stuff like that and that can happen and that's what happens when you have kids I get that but it doesn't mean you have to be a dick it doesn't mean you can't be accommodating and understand what it's like and you will fi- you will find out because kids attentions man when they're little it's it's quick it's quick it's like okay played with that now I need to play with this now I need to do that like I'm not waiting for you I'm not waiting I don't care and they they should know that um, okay, well, let's get into sports. Got a lot of stuff to talk about with sports here. I'll first get into this um, Missouri defensive player from Missouri, Michael Sam, coming out and saying, uh, you know, that he's gay. It's been a big buzz, which, you know, it's just, it's, I mean, first of all, I heard that the NFL has the most homosexual players in any other sport. I've heard that for years. This guy is just basically coming clean with it, letting it be known. A lot of his teammates already knew when he announced it in August and he went through the season and they got no problem with it. Now, first of all, two, two things with this. His motivation right now is, I question his motivation for it right now. I don't know if he thinks that, you know, I think it would look really, like you never know if him and his agent talked, right? Because think about it, there's no, listen, at the end of the day, and I truly believe this, there's there's no reason that, this is not a coincidence that he's going into the NFL draft and he came out with this, okay? He told his players in August, so this was known and a lot of people know. He went public with it, ESPN public with it for a reason, and I think he talked to his agent and was like this. 
and, and it is a courageous thing. I'm not trying to take anything away from the kid. I think it's a big, I think it's great that he did it. You know what I mean? Like it, it, he, he is being truthful to what he is. I believe that. But what I'm saying is I think that his agent and them had it time. Like, yeah, come clean. It's going to be courageous. It's great. But timing wise, it, it mattered. Because I think he can file something with the NFL if he didn't get drafted. But I think, like, you never know if, like, I mean, there, there I think there's going to be teams that pass on him. And then I think there's going to be teams that, you know, maybe a team wants it for for certain reasons. You know, maybe it's, you know, because it will be a media circus. But maybe some teams without that want that. I don't know. But I think he's got a motivation for some reason. And it's obviously a, a, a gain for him. Now here's what I'm going to say about the actual the actual gay man in the locker room of of this stuff because a lot of players said it best and I totally agree with it. Um I disagree. Well, let me say this. I agree that you know, America's ready for that announcement. America's, you know, that's fine. And society and stuff like that. But a lot of NFL players are saying they don't know if the players in the locker room are. And I, I think that a lot of them aren't ready for it. Even though that's sad to say, and I disagree if somebody's not. But I don't think players, you know, players are going to be into that shit. You know, and, and especially in the, in the locker room. You know, and, I, and, and and people could say, well, why? Like this guy on ESPN is like, why? Why? It's just, you know, it's just a bunch of dudes in the, in the locker room naked. Like, when a dude looks at a, a woman that he's into, okay, he that's it. That's like an instinct. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm laying in my bed and my wife, you know, walks in, you know, with, with, you know, dressed with nothing on or something, my instinctively will look. I'll be like, oh shit, look, you know what I mean? Like, if my wife's getting changed and she, like I'll instinctively just kind of look, and I'll be like, oh shit, you want to go to work a little late? <laughs> you know. Uh, that, that's just a thing. So, you know, if some of these fucking linebackers who probably have like fucking 10 inch hogs soft are sitting there. Okay. Lord knows what these guys are fucking packing. Okay. You, I mean, this kid is going to be there. So like now it's just this awkward thing where like, you know, dudes are going to be in their robes a little more. Because this guy's going to be, you know, like in there. And even if the guy's not looking, it's still on your mind. You know, every dude listening to this right now has been at a urinal in a public restroom, bathroom, and you're sitting there and if they don't have a divider, you're just like, oh shit, I don't want to look. But like, you know, like that, you know, wonder what, like, I wonder if my shit's big. Like, <laughs> every dude has like that or, or even like if you don't look because you don't look, but in your mind, you're like, holy shit, I could like that dude's right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just that thing. Now, how weird and awkward that be knowing, oh shit, that dude right there is gay. And that dude right there, like, is sexually attracted to the shit that I'm holding in my hand right now. I don't care what anybody says, man. That That is, that is, and I'm not saying that I agree. I'm just saying that that is a factor. So these people saying that that's not a factor and it shouldn't matter. It is a factor. That's what this dude is into. <laughs> and you're standing there next to it. So I think it's cool if he plays on a team. I think it, it you know, I mean, obviously, I think it's cool that the NFL is embracing it the way it is. I think it's progress. I think it's great. I have nothing uh, nothing against it, and I think that his teammates are going to have to deal with it. But to say that the locker room with these people naked is not going to be an issue or awkward, I think that that's just wrong because I think nature it it, it, it says that, you know. I mean, that's I they they're saying it's not the equivalent to like a dude walking around seeing some woman with just fucking huge tits walk by you, and like they said it's not the equivalent of that. But like how how not? 
How not? This guy is physically and sexually attractive to men. That's his sexual orientation. Okay? Now you're going to have some dude walk by, you know? Some big fucking, you know, fucking dude whose dick could fucking hit a home run out of a ballpark. And this guy's standing there next to him. It, that, that's not going to be awkward. I mean, I think it is. And I think that there will definitely be teammates who are like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just shower at home from now on. Or I'm just going to, you know, or I'm going to just wear a robe. I wouldn't be like that, to be honest with you. You know? I'm a comedian. I need acceptance. I'd fucking, I'd be standing there next to him and be like, yo, Michael, man, what do you think of this thing? Is this, is this like, like when you look at this thing, you know, is this, how am I doing over here? I mean, I wouldn't give a shit, but I think that, I just think that there are guys that will. You know? <laughs> it's, I mean, I don't think it's going to be bad. I mean, I don't think he's going to be giving out fucking handies before they run out of the tunnel, but. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Hey, Mike, I got a little kink in my dick. You think you can, <laughs> you think you can help me rub this one out real quick? <laughs> real quick. You know, no, no, not the gay. You know, just, just, you know, I know you don't have a problem with it. <laughs> I don't know, dude. The way I look at it, I just really think that, uh, you know, I, there's going to be a couple of dickheads and that, that are going to have an issue. And, and you know, the I think the locker room thing will be awkward. But good for him. I mean, it's a ballsy move. But it's definitely a move that has motive. There's definitely an agenda here. Because what he could have done was wait till he got drafted, then told the GM and owner in private, and then got close to some of his teammates and said, uh, hey, guys, I just want to let you know this, and then just let it be out there instead of making this big thing, you know, instead of making kind of a spectacle before the draft. So that's what I say about that. I wish him luck. Um, you know, as a Giants fan, I have no problem. That, if You know, if the guy, listen, I've always said it, it's the same thing with anything else I've said in sports. These guys have weed. If these guys got a gun that's legal, but they get caught with a gun and they find out it's legal or these guys got weed. Or even if there's a gun that they get caught because they don't want to get robbed and they find out it's illegal and they get in trouble. I don't give a shit. If you're catching touchdowns and playing, you know, I mean, murder is obviously, rape and murder go, I mean, of course, that's a whole different thing. You know, if you beat the shit out of your wife or kids, I'd have to find out what the argument was about first. <laughs> I'm kidding, everybody. I'm kidding. But... You know, and sexual orientation should have no nothing to do with it. The only thing, the only thing that the sexual orientation would have to do with in in the locker room is, is I think you know, seeing, you know, being naked around. I think some people will still definitely have a, you know, but he's not. It's not like he's going to be touching anybody. So hopefully it works out. That's just my two cents on the Michael Sam thing, and I think it's, I think it's good, and I think that there's a lot of dudes in the NFL that are gay that will probably that this could help. So, you know, and that's, that's the thing, man. Like I, I always, you know, I haven't really talked about this on the show before and, and I'll talk about it now. I guess it's a, as good a time as any, um, we'll get into the Jeter thing. We'll do some Olympics and we'll do plugs and get out of here. But I think that like, as far as like the gay thing, you know, um, I think, you know, if I had to be hundred percent honest, I was definitely more, I was more ignorant, I should say ignorant, naive to the fact that uh, you just uh, do a lot of things with, with that when I was younger, you know, I was, I always had this thing of like, like if everybody, if every dude, or like if all these couples were just gay couples and then like my kids saw it, 
I always had this thing of like, well, you know, what, what message does that send? I guess when I was really ignorant to it, and then I realized, you know, and that's another thing that stand-up comedy has really helped me with. It's helped me travel. It's helped me meet people. But um, I got to tell you, I really do think that though I, 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 you know, and, and I know a lot of people that like me are gonna be disagree or or whatever and i don't mean to get into your religious beliefs i i don't but as you guys know i i don't believe in um i don't believe in religion and and, and politics mixing i i never did i i think it's awful business i think it's it's just it's not the way that it should be again just my opinion i respect yours if if you if you don't feel that way but i never thought that you should govern by by you know with with what your religious beliefs are because there's so many people without that so you're automatically you're you're behind the eight ball and 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 it's it's a battle that i don't think you could win because there's just people that are 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 tied so deep they have their their teeth sunk in so deep to to their beliefs and it's not not going to change you're not going to pry that loose so um you know but i believe that i don't think it's a choice I don't think a dude is like, yeah, man, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, checking out some dick. I, that's just me. You know, I don't think so. I, I, you know, I went to high school with a dude that kind of was feminine and he walked around real feminine and people thought he was gay. And then sure enough, later he came out and, and I've seen that. And I, I think a lot of these guys, this guy, Michael Sam said he's known for years and years that he, um, you know, he, he was into dudes. He, he wasn't into girls. And, and I think that that, I think that that happens and those feelings happen. And I think dudes suppress them and, you know, they lie to themselves and they do all that. But, you know, um, I have gay friends and I got to say that some, some people that I've, um, come across in comedy, some of these, you know, some gay dudes are, are some of the coolest, nicest, down-to-earth people, and, and to have to hide like that, and, and the people killing themselves and have to hide like that is, is no way to live, man, you only live once, and it's like, be who you are, and, and don't judge, and um, I will admit, those, I think that they're really flamboyantly, like, oh my god, what are you look at, that, it's annoying, you know, it's a fucking, it's annoying. It's like, come on, dude, fuck, really? Like, you know what I mean? Like, chicks aren't that fucking girl. I mean, you know, it, it could be annoying, but um, I never judge somebody for what they for what they are. And, and I, I really think that not liking somebody or disliking somebody because of their sexual preference is probably one of the silliest, most ignorant caveman-ish shit that, that we can do. And, um, you know, I, I'm glad that I'm realizing that and that I've realized that over, uh, over the past several years because, like I said before, I was like, you know, I didn't know if it was 100% of a choice and I would be like, it, it was just something that I was like, man, you know, they, they, they shouldn't do that and, like, it should be between a man and a woman. And, and then now I'm just like, just be happy. Just be happy and be with who you want to be with. And, you know, like, who the fuck is anybody to tell you what to do? That's how I look at it. Like, nobody should tell you what to do if you, if you heart wants something. Like, I, I don't, I don't think anybody should be able to tell you that. And, you know, and if they do, I really think you should tell them to go fuck themselves. And I think that that person's wrong. And that's just how I feel about it. So, you know, uh, that's my two cents on it. I think that people should just be left alone to be able to do what they want to do. And as long as nobody's hurting you, you know, as, no, as long as nobody's bothering you, as long as nobody's hurting you, you know, 
It's not like they're like having gay meetings where they're like, all right, we're gonna find these straight guys, we're gonna beat them, fuck them, and try to get them. You know, that would be like where you'd have to be like, all right, now I I don't I don't really like these gay dudes because they're trying, you know. But they're not doing that. Nobody's doing that. They're leaving you alone. <laughs> like, like some gay cult that just fucking beats you over the head with a bat, fucks you in the ass, and is like, when you wake up, they're trying to tell you you're one of them now. Um, no, I I really I have nothing against it. I have nothing against it, and I think it's completely silly to say it to say otherwise i do i i you know it's just how i feel i i don't i don't um you know and i know there's a lot of people disagreeing i know there's a lot of people into religion disagreeing but i i can't i've met some people that um there's no doubt that they don't like women and that they, that's who they are and they're some of the nicest nicest you know finest people that i you know that i've met as a matter of fact, I'll tell you a story. When I was on my honeymoon with my wife, um, we were on the Queen Mary 2, and we sailed like 10 days or whatever from New York. We, you know, we did the whole Caribbean, man. We did. We went to St. Lucia. We went to St. Thomas. We went to um, Barbados. We, we went to St. Kitts. We went to all these great places. We had an amazing time, and... Um, there was like some gay couples on the on the boat and we sat next to this gay couple from England and they were probably in their 50s and I mean they were so nice and they were just so great conversation and they would talk to us about politics in the states and you could tell that they didn't want to take a stance one way or the other they were just genuinely interested and they they were interested in us and then that one night they were walking through the casino and they saw me and Stacy uh, playing dice and having a good time at the craps table and you know they walked in in their tuxedos and they just watched us and laughed and waved to us knowing that we had a good time and walked away and minded their business and I'm like I'm just thinking to myself these are two guys that are genuinely happy with each other and like who would why would I ever who am I to say that you know so I don't know you know, I, I think traveling and seeing, the, you know, what I've saw has, has made me feel that way. So I'll just leave it at that. And I think that, the, you know, this NFL guy, if that's how he feels coming out. But, I, but again, he did it. This has something to do with the draft. I definitely believe that. And, um, and that's it. So uh, that's that. What else do we got? We got um, Derek Jeter. Okay, Derek Jeter. Now, when Derek Jeter first hit the scene, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, it's very hard for a dude. This is a funny follow-up after that whole gay thing. But it was hard for a dude to really root for Jeter because every chick in the stadium was holding signs, marry me. All the women were wearing number two jerseys. So it would be weird for a dude, a straight dude, to be, you know, to just be, you just wear his jersey. I don't know. It just seemed like that to me. You know, uh, and... I, um, you know, I then watched him and I kept watching him and like, I was just like, man, this kid is just, doesn't make mistakes. He's an amazing fielder. And then, you know, he became the Derek Jeter. I mean, I mean, he's done everything. I mean, you name it, he's done it. Truly one of the best baseball players ever. One of the best careers ever. Over 3,000 hit. But I mean, this guy is just like, you know, the way some people are snake bitten to have bad luck. Derek Jeter is the opposite. Like, I mean, his 3,000th hit, his entire family was there, his girlfriend was there, and his 3,000th hit is a home run at Yankee Stadium. Think about that. He won Rookie of the Year. 
his first year. He won a World Series his first year. He won World Series MVP. He's won, I think, an All-Star game MVP. He fuck this guy dated every major. This guy dated movie star. This guy fuck. Listen to this. This guy was with Miss Universe and Miss America. Think about that. He like upped it. He's like, yeah, you know what? Miss America, one country, and I fucked. I want the whole universe. I don't even want the planet. I don't even want Miss Earth. I want Miss Universe. And he got her. In in Mariah Carey's height of her talent and success and everything she's doing, boom, got her. Uh, just actress after a model after model. You know, what is it? Five World Series. I mean, the guy's done everything. 3,000 hits, first ballot Hall of Famer, and um, it's going to be sad. And somebody said something on um, somebody said something on Facebook today that said, "This time next year, or right after this baseball season, my childhood is officially over because you know Jeter's retiring." And and it's true. Like you know, Jeter '96, I was uh, I was in high school, you know, and it was like you know. And now all of a sudden it's like he's retiring. Like Derek Jeter is going to be like in the Hall of Fame soon. And, you know, I remember seeing all that stuff and thinking this young kid and he's a future. He's never going anywhere. And like now it's like the Yankees are just changing, you know, and even with Cano leaving and who knows, A-Rod's never going to play. And it's just like the Yankee whole thing. Like we need to, we need a new, we need that new Jeter or we need that new guy. Like that has to happen and and it's probably going to, but it's just really weird. So... Um, I'm hoping that this will make me watch the Yankees a little more this year, just to see, you know, see everything that he does, see his last season, see what, you know, see what he does numbers wise and kind of follow the whole thing. Cause it's going to be sad when he leaves, you know, Pettit's gone, um, you know, Mariano's gone, Posada left a year ago now. So it's, it's like all of the, 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 the main core of this team is gone. And whether you like the Yankees or hate the Yankees, man, you, if you hate Derek Jeter, you know, hate him because, you know, he's an opponent. But if you, you can't hate the guy, I mean, for what the guy's done, you know, I mean, he's going to get a standing ovation and, and, and probably one of the best responses in every ball club. No steroid used to. Rarely got hurt, which is another thing sad to see because this big major ankle injury that he had. Other than that, you know, other than that was just, you know, never really hurt. Never really on the DL a couple times. But, I mean, in his whole career, it's been great. So now, you know, to see him kind of hobbled around last year and he only played, whatever, 17 games and, um, but no steroid use, you know, that no, nothing, he never got, he never on anything. Well, look at his numbers. I mean, his numbers, his body never showed that big boxy fucking huge head, you know, he just aged like a normal guy would age and he, um, you know, 20 something home runs was the most he's put up, just great great fielder so um yeah man shout out to Derek Jeter I just you know I don't need to say anything funny here I'm not trying to I just want to say man it's it's, uh it's very rare that you have somebody that there's nothing but respect like you, you can't even poke fun or you can't even it's just nothing but the guy just got it done the guy's a winner and the guy is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He better be. Let me tell you something right now. Derek Jeter better get. If anybody doesn't vote him, he better get. Especially in the era he played in, he better be first ballot every single hundred percent of the vote. And I know that's never happened, but he needs to get hundred percent of the vote. I really believe that, and I think he'll be the first player ever. I don't know if every has there ever been hundred percent. I don't know, but he should be. 
He definitely should be. So I'm going to watch the Yankees because of that. You know, the guy just, oh, my God. I mean, he'll never, ever, like, you like you can never be surprised with, um, you can never be surprised with the women that the guy gets to. You just find out. You'd be like, oh, yeah, you see that, oh, that actress, who's that actress, that new chick on this, yeah, Jeter, she hung out with Jeter. Like, they all hang out with him for a little bit. It's almost like they got to, you know, like, well, I'm going to get married in two months, I got to fucking hang out with Jeter. The Olympics, everybody. Um, I like them. I'm into them. I'm watching this shit like I, I care. I'm watching the Olympics at night as if I'm watching the eighth season of my favorite show and it's the finale. Like my wife will, will say to me, it's like, you coming up? You coming to bed? I'm like, no, this fucking Bulgarian guy's losing right now. What, are you kidding me? He's trying to break this German's record. And I'm sitting there into it. It's the craziest thing. I don't know what it is. It was. I'm glad I'm not looking at Bob Costas's, you know, pink eye, or you know, I'm glad I'm not looking at that. But I'm into it. Snowboard and skiing. You just watch it. It's just awesome. I'm I'm enjoying it a lot. I don't know what it is about the Olympics. I just like. I think maybe it's the backstories of the guy. They're like Ferdinand wasn't able to speak when he was a kid, but then he saw his first pair of skates. And I'm like, I'm in. I got. I'm rooting for Ferdinand. I, I got. I mean, I, what can I do? This guy never talked, and then the skates made him talk. I mean, the thing about the Olympics is they, they could make a movie about every. I think they do that too, just to get you going. I'm not gonna lie. I don't really get into the figure skating that much. I do. I like when they do that, like triple reverse, and I'm just like, are they gonna fall or not? Like, I, I like. But the losing, I'm interested in because when you watch the losing, it looks like anybody could do it. It looks like any guy can just lay on his back and go down on a sled. But then when you see them get out of control, how fast they're going, like you could get killed. Like it's bad. That one kid got arrested until he died last, uh, last uh, four years ago at, at the games. You know, for that kid from uh, Georgia, the Georgianian, Georgian, whatever, that kid got arrested. So, but you know, yeah, that happens a lot. Like guys get hurt or injured. I mean, not I don't know if that, that you know death happens a lot, but that that was just really unfortunate. But I watched a guy last night go down, and he was having like they they were always having a good run, and then the thing like they're all over the place. They're sliding, they go up like they actually control that shit like a car, which is pretty interesting. And people hate on the curling. I like the curling, like shuffleboard on ice. I love that, but I feel like I can do that. I'm telling you right now, if I dedicated myself to darts, because I'm a good dart player, that would be the summer games probably. But if I dedicated myself to, actually, I don't even know what they could do darts, because technically you could do darts in the winter. But if I dedicated myself to darts or curling, like if I did nothing, if I didn't do another comedy show, if I didn't travel, or if I was able to go into like a like a like a curling fucking arena. Or like a bar that had a dartboard for four years and I just had to work on I'm telling you, I can make the national team. I can, I, I, I could, I could, I could do it. Those two I can do. Archery, I don't think so. I think you got to have a good, I mean, you know, but and skiing, none of that shit. Because you got to do that from when you're young. I get that. But curling and darts, I could do.
Um, well, that's it for sports, everybody. I didn't even realize we went over. We went over a uh, an hour and um, fifteen minutes here. So let's get into some plugs. I want to give a little more time because I know that it's been I was off and uh, I will be the next one will be sooner. The next one will come out. The next one will be sooner. And um, I'm back. And I'm going to take this out and um, do a podcast out there in Canada. Maybe uh, get Bill Burr on the show again. And I'm sure we'll be talking a lot of shit doing that. Bill's trying to not smoke that many cigars or drink out there. We're trying to have a healthy trip. We'll see. It's going to be 20 days. We'll see how how that works out. But um, all right, let me get into the plugs, everybody. Um, Plugs, here we go. Um, Tomorrow night, Valentine's Day. And I really didn't talk about Valentine's Day, but I talked about it last year. Me and my wife really don't celebrate it. I sent her flowers a couple of months ago. I think it's completely silly. You know, what am I going to do? Send chocolates and flowers every... It's just... It gets silly. Just treat one another nice, and uh, every day should be like a Valentine's Day. I really... I mean, it's a silly thing. Look, if you're in a new relationship and it's a new thing, yeah, you got to... You know, you got to be nice if it's a new girlfriend, but then it's all downhill from there because then she's going to think you're some great romantic guy, you get a nice gift, and then it's, it goes down to shitter. So, um, <laughs> said the married guy. Um, tomorrow, Valentine's Day, I'll be doing two shows at the stand. Um, I believe the 10 and the 11.30 or something like that, the 9.30 and the 11.30, I don't know. I'm doing, there's going to be a Valentine's Day night out there. I'm sure there'll be a lot of couples out there, so I'm doing that tomorrow. If it ever stops snowing. So check those shows out. Sunday night I will be at Stand Up New York. Uh, check that out. These are all on the website. Um, on February 18th I will be back at the stand doing a show there. That's on the website. February 19th I just got added. I will be opening up for Bill Burr in the round in front of 2,800 people at uh, the Theater at Westbury in Long Island. We did that before. It's an epic historic uh, historic venue. And uh, my manager loves it so much that months in advance goes, "Are you going there? Are you going there with Bill? Are you gonna?" We did it together. It was it's it's a great time. It's insane. It's intense. Their people are right there on you. It's awesome. Um, so check that out. That's February nineteenth. I'm sure the show is already sold out. Um, but uh, we've been told, you know, Bill's show is amazing, and we've been told that together it's a great show. So what 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 can I say? And then, um, and then that's it. Um, you know, some other shows here and there in the city before I take off. I'm going to try to spend as much time with my family as I can the week before. Um, and then from March 1st to the 20th, I will be all over the country of Canada. And uh, all those dates, if you're out there, if you know people out there, we're going to be going to Toronto, Ottawa. Um, we're going to be going to Montreal. We're going to be going to Calgary. We're going to be going to Vancouver. We're going to be going to uh, a bunch of, just a bunch of places, places I never even heard, but we're doing them all. So, uh, I mean, we're going to be going to hockey games. We're going to be getting on planes, trains, automobiles, the whole thing. And uh, it's going to be the longest tour of our, of, of uh, I don't know if Bill's ever done more than just 20 straight. This is a long one uh, for him, too. This is my longest. I don't know about his, but uh, if you're in Canada, th- uh, from March 1 to the 20th and um, you're around or any of these parts that we're going to be at, come out. Come out. Montreal, I, I performed at Metropolis where we're going to be for the uh, Montreal Comedy Festival. It, it, it's a blast. And Montreal is a great city. Toronto, I've never been, so I'm looking forward to that. 
and uh, Vancouver too. Really, you know, I've been to like where did I go? Like New Brunswick. I went. I went to um, Nova Scotia on a cruise. I've performed in Montreal a couple of times. Other than that, this is all going to be new to me as well. So, uh, and I know the Canadian crowds are a little different. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, all of this info is on my website, paulverzi.com. Check it out, V-I-R-Z-I. Follow me on Twitter, at Paul Verzi. And, um, and that's it. I will have episode 149 up uh, quicker than this one came out. Again, my apologies to you guys if you wanted out earlier in the week. And um, wow, and then we're going to be at 150. We're, f- we're 52 episodes away from 200. So, uh, and I'm going to have to do something special on that one. So we'll figure something out. You know what I think I'm going to do? I want to do a live podcast from a comedy club, maybe The Stand, a live comedy, a live podcast, live Verzi Effect, and have diehard people. How about this? Uh, You know, this is a little premature, but this is what I'm thinking. And if you guys like the idea, let me know. The 200th episode, which is in a while from now. I mean, we're talking the end of the year. But... The 200th episode, we do live at the stand, and we'll just have guests coming on, and we'll just, and, and you know, people that are diehard fans come out, and if you're a diehard fan, maybe I'll try to do something where it's insanely cheap, or like there's like a t-shirt giveaway, or we do something like that for the Verzi Effect, you know, diehards, and you come out to the city, you know, if you're not too far away, if it's a couple hour drive, you come out, you meet some of your favorite comedians, you listen to the show live, we'll talk afterwards, we'll do some pictures, we'll uh, give out some t-shirts and we'll do all that. I think that that would be good for the diehards. And the nice thing is the comedy club is not huge. And Lord knows I probably don't have that many diehards. So if I have like 80 or 90 that can uh, that can fill up the room or whatever, you know, and tell your friends and stuff, I- I'm going to actually try to get that done. So... Let's look for a, a monster 200 epic 200th episode coming up in like the next 50 something, which will go quick. And you never know, like it might not even be at the end of the year because sometimes I bust out two in a week or, you know, if, with, with guests and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll try to do something cool like that. So um, let me know what movies you thought were shitty, but you could watch constantly that you're into. And we'll talk about that next week. And um, that's it. So... That's all I got to, that's it. Um, Let me know what you think. Keep the comments coming on iTunes. And um, that's it. Till episode 149, I'm out of here. Take care.